So this turned out to be a few more reasons than I expected. 11 reasons why I don't eat gluten. Uh, anyone who knows me that knows that if there's one thing I try and avoid consistently for the longest time, it's gluten. And I'm going to share with you why. I didn't think there would be 11 reasons and I just thought about this today. So firstly, physiologically, the main reason that stuck out with me through my reading and research is that it interacts with a protein in our gut called zonulin, which then in turn increases the intestinal wall permeability. So it makes our intestinal wall more permeable, more porous. And you have to understand that even when something is inside of our gut, once we've eaten it and it's in our intestines, that's still outside of our bodies. The real barrier between what gets into our bloodstream and what stays out is that intestinal wall. If we lose any integrity there, I mean, that sounds like a terrible idea. So this increased permeability has actually been linked through quite a bit of research to IBS, uh, uh, irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis, which are much more extreme end-stage versions of an irritable bowel, and then general conditions and syndromes of inflammation in the body, from musculoskeletal inflammation to neurological inflammation, and then of course autoimmunity. And all of these things I've just mentioned are actually at, already at, pandemic proportions. Like massive amounts of people have these things and it's got to be coming from somewhere. Well, we know one thing, we definitely eat differently. And uh, where in our diet is this coming from? Well, this gut barrier disturbance seems to be something we need to rule out before we carry on eating it, especially every day. My second reason, compared to other whole foods, gluten-containing grains, typically rank lower in nutrient density. And this is when compared to other nutritionally rich whole foods. So, in t so what happens when I drop gluten, when I'm not conveniently having a sandwich for lunch and 60% of my calories in that meal are coming from this low nutrient dense bread or a pasta salad, I have to replace that if I'm sticking with whole healthy foods with other vegetables, with other nuts, with other seeds with other fruit, far more nutritious um, foods. So, and compared to another grain like rice, well, we'll get there now. My third reason is that gluten actually cannot be eaten in anything close to its natural form. It has to be processed through a number of steps into bread, or pasta. So, I mean, by definition, that must be one of the most recent additions to the human diet. Only really, well, I mean, there are, you know, there's obviously records of us uh, processing it for thousands of years back, but with such convenience, such ease, and at such a scale, with such pervasiveness into our whole diet, which typically happens, people who eat gluten-containing foods are not having one sandwich every two weeks. It's daily. It's every lunch. It's cereal every breakfast. It's pasta a few times a week with pizza, etc. It's extremely pervasive. Right. 
And based on that, I also think it's uh, highly addictive, not just because of its convenience. So compared to another grain like rice, that rice just needs to be cooked slightly to soften it and break down some of the structure. Uh, the wheat really needs to be refined quite a bit. And maybe our ancestors coped better with it, you know. Uh, they were far less inflamed and the rest of their diets were far richer. Um, so it's not easy to just compare and say they coped all right with gluten. Um, and now we, you know, why shouldn't we be? Well, everything is different. Our whole system, internal and external, is different. We're going to respond differently. Right, number four. Gluten-containing grains have typically been the largest commercial crops. Massive crops. Wheat, barley, and rye. And they, they, they are the epitome of large-scale commercial factory farming. And at these proportions, even the, the, the usage, the levels of chemical fertilizer, pesticide, and obviously environmental impact, soil degradation, and the likes, are at their highest. So we're consuming more chemicals because these are typically coming, typically coming from the largest crops, and we're doing the biggest damage, the greatest damage. Locally sourced is lacquer. Reason number five, grains were popularized through the food pyramid. And if you go look, who made the food pyramid popular? It's the US Department of Agriculture, the USDA. This is a conflict of interest. They own the large crops and they're saying the biggest part of our triangle, or they're not saying anymore, they've backtracked, but they did say for decades that the largest part of our food pyramid should be exactly what they were selling. So, can't really trust information when it comes from those who make money off of it being a certain way. Number seven, reason number seven, the reported benefits of gluten-containing foods compared to other whole foods. Just note that for a moment. I'm only comparing it to whole foods. Sometimes these low-quality foods like grains might seem uh, acceptable or somewhat appropriate when we compare them to uh, a standard Western diet or we look at someone's nutrient intake and the rest of their diet's a disaster and we say, well, you know, well, this is a source of nutrients, some source of vitamin B, some source of fiber. But are we really going to justify something when we compare it to poor, poor eating? No, but we've compared it to rich, vitality-rich foods. It's just, it's not that convincing for me. It's like, it's, yeah, it really doesn't seem like it's got much. A few vitamins, a few minerals, and all plants have vitamins and minerals. It's kind of like part of what makes a plant a plant, these structures. And then also the fiber is another benefit. And that's just because typically I think people are missing fiber. So this all of a sudden seems like a great place to get it. But there are much better sources of fiber out there, much more nutrient-rich, much Less inflaming. Then, reason number eight. If I'm strict with this one nutrient, this is, like practically, this is one of the biggest benefits. 
like making things simple. If I am strict with this one nutrient, the quality of my entire diet improves significantly. So this is, it's simple to cut out gluten. That's not a lot to cognitively process or comprehend. But the implications are far-reaching. If you start to read every label of everything you buy and not eat anything that contains gluten, you're going to see how many products that have been pretending to look like real food, in my opinion, contain this, this additive you know, for the sake of texture, for the sake of preservation, emulsification, um, body, uh, yeah, mass. It's, it's just a common cheap additive, supposedly with some nutritional value. I don't buy it. Number nine. In general, um, I think something that's really underappreciated about health is how it's an accumulative uh, emergent phenomenon that inflammation and such harmful states or responses in the body accumulate as insults over time. So just because I'm okay with eating gluten now, I, I tell myself I'm okay, I, I don't even know if I'm, if I'm actually reacting to it or not, but I believe I'm okay with it. I'm at least, I'm free of any clinically diagnosable condition. Just because I'm okay right now does not at all mean that 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, I'm still going to be okay. If it's causing any sub-perceptual, subtle insult, if it's causing anything minor now, that builds up over time depending on who you are we're all different and that's we're going to get to that point now so i don't want to wait to find out that i've done irreversible damage at 50 when all of a sudden this autoimmune condition creeps up out of nowhere and i'm putting these air quotes comes from nowhere right as so many people who encounter these uh, conditions but haven't really checked all boxes. So gluten-containing products haven't convinced me that I want to take that risk yet. Point number 10, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier, gluten-containing products are those ones that kind of creep into, this is a nutrient that people who consume it, consume it multiple times every day. This never happened in a natural setting. Not only did we go through droughts and uh, feasts and famines, seasonal changes, migrations, etc. We never were able to consume any, any food or nutrient consistently, excessively, day, excuse me, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, relentlessly. And gluten has, gluten containing foods have that way of creeping into our diet. We land up consuming it all the time. So foods that we do that, I've seen, have typically been A, highly addictive. We can call it convenient, but I, I believe if we're honest with ourselves, it goes deeper than that. And uh, usually either we're just unlucky that they are toxic or 
from this unnatural, consistent, constant and excessive consumption that it becomes toxic. And so anything that I'm going to consume every single day needs to kind of rank up there with broccoli um, to earn that spot. Any food with a slight, what we call allergenic or pro-inflammatory aspect to it cannot be consumed uh, so consistently. And if, yeah... If, it, if we have a tendency to become addicted to it, if we're honest with ourselves, then, you know, there's no such thing as one cigarette, no such thing as one sandwich. Then, lastly, personally, symptom-wise, I get gas and bloatedness when I observe it. I get gas and bloatedness, and I get a different fullness that I can only get from processed foods and meat. Um, not from other vegetables. I get a different heaviness, like I say, gaseousness and bloatedness. And my energy levels definitely drop. Like there's a, there's a, yeah, a sort of stunting of my vitality. I can feel it. So for me, personally, my physiology, uh, I don't think interacts with gluten um, optimally. So it doesn't leave me feeling as light and as comfortable as when I eat other things that I do. So, and just to share with you all, none of this is my advice to you. I'm sharing my experience. I hope you find it useful or maybe it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Maybe it'll inspire you to just notice how your food reacts with you. Functional medicine, which really is the groundwork of how I understand nutrition, has as its first pillar, <laughs> it's so important, biological individuality. We are each biologically unique. What's good for me is not, not, not necessarily what's good for you. Only you can know what's good for you. And most of the time that has to come from self-awareness. That has to come from trialing and erroring <laughs> I don't know if that's a way of saying that but I like it and then also the ability to be brutally honest with yourself and say woof I'm getting a signal I'm getting a cue some information from my body right now that I don't think think this like leads me towards my most optimal self I think this is this is a a sort of shortcut. This is a habit. This is an addiction. This is convenient. This is lazy. This is this is actually having a negative effect on me. I don't feel as good as I know I am capable of feeling when I do this. Right? Each of us has to has to walk that path ourselves and figure out what it is that ticks those boxes. Now, if this interests you, this post, um, please let me know. I do definitely plan to do a more formalized and referenced version of this piece of this information. I've been meaning to for a long time because I don't think it's, it's, it's amazing how this information isn't more widespread, at least. Yeah, it's just not as widespread as I think it could or should be. Um, but if you let me know that you are very interested and that you like this, 
this resonates with you or question me challenge me call me out um then that maybe will inspire me to do to to a more formal version of this a bit sooner so thank you for listening to this this is my longest sort of daily audio journal yet but um clearly i have a lot to say and i've i've given this a lot of thought lots of love and um chat to you tomorrow